Welcome to the Fight Faction Boxing Podcast. So let's start with the news for the week. Over to the news section. First off, Japanese bantamweight star and unified champion Naoya Inui, 20 wins, 0 defeats. Depart from Japan ahead of his upcoming world titles defences. He's fighting against Michael Dasmarinas. Who's 30 wins, 2 losses and a draw. 20 kills. June 19th. So he's hopefully, well, he's travelling with his brother, Takuma Inui, cousin Koki Inui, and father Shingo Inui. He'll be joined by Hideko Hashi. Close to the fight. Final, for final touches of the preparation. So once again, Las Vegas bound. What I'd like to see with Bob Arum is really pushing the envelope with this guy. He clearly wants unification fights, big fights. The fight to go forward next would be the winner of John Real Casemiro versus Guillermo Rigondeau. Hopefully it'd be Casemiro from the point of view of uh, an Asian promoter because that's a massive fight for the Orient and indeed probably should take place in the Orient to maximise the crowd capacity. And then you got the small matter of a rematch with Nonito Dene. That could probably take place in the Orient as well. Anyway, good luck with the training. There's not a lot of news coming out of Asia at the moment. Or maybe because of the language barrier, I'm not getting it. Anyway, moving on. Some great news for the Tyson Fury, Johnny Wilder 3 undercard. Stuck with heavyweights. you got Jared Anderson, undefeated 9-0, 9 kills. 21-year-old, looking well, obviously you got a TBA fight, as expected. But the big surprise of the card is Frank Sanchez, undefeated in 18 fights, 13 kills. Fighting Ife Jagba, 15-0. 12 KOs. This is a tremendous matchup at this point. Nothing but praise for this fight. I think, don't know what the prediction is on this one yet, but stay tuned. Also, Adam Konaki versus Robert Hellenius 2. Another great fight. Konaki looking for revenge against Hellenius. I think he came in appalling shape last time. Hopefully, he'll be in better shape this time. With a better game plan. Some great fights there. Also more news on the Fury Wilder situation. Dimitri Salita is saying Tyson Fury is trained for 15 rounds in 97 degrees sauna heat conditions for Wilder. It's a bit of a surprise there. But then again the Fury's one is always got a lot of tricks up his sleeve and he. Salita goes on to say that Tyson Fury's in tremendous shape already. He could fight next week. And he's in great spirits. Also, Keith Thurman versus Sean Porter 2 in the works for the fall. There's no titles at stake here. but Again, this is it a fight that is necessary at this point. I think I'd rather watch them both fight somebody else. Especially Terence Crawford. Also, not sure why, but Mike Tyson wants Logan Paul to fight Battle Jack next. I can't see why that would work. Obviously, Battle Jackson felt unprofessional. And WBC president continues to kiss ass with the comments that Mayweather Paul was an ex- exciting event. I'm not sure why. And Nonito Dene now wants the unified belt and a rematch against Naoya Inui, which could happen probably end of the year, I thought. So bring it on. 
And no surprise here, Daniel Dubois wants to fight for the title next, the World Heavyweight title, namely the WBA regular belt versus Trevor Bryan, no less. Frank Warren's opened the stage to fight before the end of the year. The thing is, Don King is in charge of that guy. It's going to be a minefield to get that fight. But I dare say, he can probably put it together. Bring it on. Then I'd like to see Dubois fight Manuel Char, clean up that mess, and then probably move on to a rematch versus Joe Joyce, wherever he is. Or if Joyce gets the WBO belt, get a sort of a unification fight going, build up some more interest in the UK. Down at Featherweight, we have unbeaten interim WBA Super Featherweight Champion Chris Primetime Colbert. We'll take on former unified champion Eucorius Gamboa. I'm not sure why that fight's coming off, but obviously a step is some fight for Chris Colbert. July the 3rd, that takes place. And a bit of African news here, thrown in. Tanzania's prominent professional boxer, Hassan Wakinyo, has been ranked in the top of the African Boxing Union Super Welterweight Division. So good luck to him in his career. He's obviously going to go for that title next, probably, despite holding, holding a WBF Intercontinental belt. at Super Welterweight. He could be one to watch. He covered his last fight. And currently ranked number 45 by Boxer, I can believe. Good luck there. And that, my friends, is all the news this weekend. Not a lot to digest, but there you are. There you go. Up next is the action from the weekend. Right, going back last week now. We take it back to Palacio Dorado, Panama City, Panama, Thursday, 3rd of June. Leo Stian, Nunes, 11 wins, 1 loss. Lost a technical decision to Liborio Solis. Solis obviously had a good pedigree going into this and was expected. I expected at least this result for Solis. But Nunes equipped himself well. He can come again at Bantamweight. Don't see why he can't. He'll gain from his experience. Solis, I wouldn't say he completely dominated the fight, but it, boxing-wise it did. Wrestling it didn't. There's a lot of wrestling in the fight. But overall, a decent fight. It looked like Solis was trying to be the aggressor throughout the fight, with Nunes being the counterpuncher. And it suited Solis for the entire fight. But obviously there was a lot of grappling as well. Spoiling. And then it ended in a technical decision in the 8th round, or after 8 rounds, for Solis. I couldn't exactly see what it was for, because I watched this fight. It did look like a clash ahead, so probably an eye problem for Solis. And that's why I went to the cards. Obviously you couldn't see his eye in the small screen. So with that win, Liborio Solis gets the WBA Federal Latin Bantamweight title. Obviously keeping him in the rankings. No other fights on that card I could find. Up to the UK, Sheffield Car Park, Sheffield, Yorkshire. You, like I said, UK. So Charlie Schofield gained revenge for his loss over Mickey Ellison for the vacant British Border Box Control English Super Middleweight title. Schofield now moves to 16 wins, one loss at Super Middleweight. Possibly a third fight could be in order here. It was another close fight. At least one card or two cards. So Schofield now is ranked number 14 in the UK. Plenty of fighters there to fight. People like Uma Sadiq, Willie Hutchison, Zach Chelly, Mark Jeffers, Jermaine Brown. Before he even moves up to the top. I don't know where his ceiling, ceiling is here, but remains to be seen probably. But let's watch his progress. One of the other fights I saw on this card was Aaron Hayden. Was quite impressive with a win over Jamie Quinn, uh, the veteran with 107 losses going in. Uh, Hayden 
switch hitted and also flared a lot. If he can keep flaring like this going forward in his career, he'll be a force to be reckoned with. It all depends how he reacts when he steps up in class. But a good win nonetheless there for Hayden. That was a lightweight. But the big one for me was Friday in St. Petersburg, Russia. Top of the bill was super middleweight Fedor Chudinov beating Reno or Rhino Liebenberg for the WBA Gold World Super Midweight title. A Chudinov, wow, both these guys, Liebenberg, wow. I mean, two guys who put it on the line, extremely tough, toe to toe for most of the rounds. Liebenberg employed an odd punch, I, I think, in his fight. He probably used it before. From the orthodox stance, he was like using a, a chopping down left hook and right hand on occasion. Chudinov just covered up, did take a few shots. But Liebenberg won a couple of the early rounds before Chudinov took control, blocking a lot of shots. Action was frenetic both ways. If I could make one criticism, I think there was the speed of punch. I think they could have been a bit faster as he was, he was rocking the rocking robots. So going into the last couple of rounds, Chudinov took over the fight. Dropped Liebenberg in round 9. It was a heavy knockdown. I don't see how he could have grown with that, that knockdown. But he got up nonetheless. Uh, he had about 30 seconds to, to survive the round. He got through that. And then got through the other 3 rounds. Great performance by both boxers. And probably possibly one or two. Or first or second. F best fight of the year so far I think. Chief support was Mikhail Aloyan. Winning 5 wins and 1 loss at super flyweight. Fighting Alexandra Hersicek with 16 wins, 4 losses. This is for the WBA Gold World Super Flyweight title. Alayan, he's previously lost uh, to Zolani Tenti at Bantamweight. Obviously, I think this guy's at the right weight now. I think he took the opportunity because he was good money. But nevertheless, took Teddy all the way. So he's definitely one of the best boxers in this division, Alayan. And you got to stop with you because he basically ground down his opponent. Wasn't much in the fight in terms of activity, but his shots were counting. And he should have dominated the fight all the way through. He did get caught a few times, but pretty much a, a flawless performance, really. A lot of good footwork, high guards. Similar styles there, but all in all, a great performance. And Lyon can move forward from this. Probably towards a world title fight at some point. He's 32, so he has to get a move on. And he's got his first stoppage win on his record. There's only two of these super flyweights in Russia and I'm pretty much certain there's no point in him fighting the other guy. So we're racking, racking wise he's 22 in box track. There's plenty of guys to fight there obviously. I would suggest a fight against a former world champion of some sort. So watch the space. So moving across now to Mexico. David Lemieux. 42 wins going in, 4 losses against David Zagara, 34 wins and 4 losses at 168 pounds super middleweight. I probably expected more from this fight, but David Lemieux gets the, the KO too. To be fair, Zaraga didn't look like he wanted the fight, so come out with a clinch. In round 1, Lemieux fires a left hook, catches his man, puts him down, and then thereafter gets up, gets knocked down by another, I think I believe is a left. Gets up again, the round ends. Zuraga, in between rounds, didn't look interested. Got up and similar things happens again. Round two starts and immediately then he's on the back foot. Lemieux 
does the job on the guy, but the referee stops the fight. Sorry, the fight was finally stopped with another left hook. And uh, when you got up, he looked disinterested in the fight. Although the referee was a bit lenient, let him go on again. At this point, then, Zaraga just kept clinching him as much as he could. And the move just opened up as much as he could. So it wasn't a good wasn't a good fight for Zaraga. And finally, the move closed the show and the referee stopped the fight. There's no other knockdowns, but obviously the guy had enough. Chief support was Eric Bazinian fighting Scott Sigmund. This was for the NABA Super Middleweight title and the vacant NABF Super Middleweight title. Scott Sigmund going in was 35 wins, 14 losses and drawing a bit of a journeyman. Bazinian was 25-0 going in. This fight wasn't a great fight to watch. He was okay. The journeyman, he did look crude. He did look a little bit of his depth. Because Bazinian was looking a lot stronger than him in the fight. Dropped him in the first round and continued to put the pressure on in the second round. He's taking heavy shots to the body as well. I think Bazinian looks like a powerful fighter, but I don't think he's got much finesse either. Although he's got good basic boxing skills. And the R2 a Baturbi of Beard. Which obviously makes him look a bit more menacing. But all in all, he's a decent counterpuncher. He seems to land good jabs, solid jabs, and come behind the right with the right hand. He wants to, but he does target the body often. Not much to complain about the super weight, but he is a powerful fighter. To his credit, Sigmund stayed in as best he could. Tried to cause a few problems, but obviously he wasn't wasn't just good enough for this on this level. The shot we finished the fight was a big uppercut come right hand shot. <laughs> really wobbled Sigmund and the referee stopped the fight correctly. I do see this Bazinian character, I think he's going to go towards the world rankings at least. If not, get a world title shot. The only other fight that saw on the card was Simon Keane, the heavyweight, fighting Don Hainsworth. Strange fight which never seemed to get going. Simon Keane obviously did his thing, flurried now and again. Didn't look, he looked in great shape, but he just looked too big for the weight, probably. Blown out of his ass after a couple of rounds. Don Hainsworth didn't take much punishment. He did complain of a rabbit punch. He came in at 290 pounds, mind. And retired after the fourth round. Again, I don't know what the explanation was there. A decent win for Simon Keane, but he needs to step up now and go somewhere with his career. I'd suggest maybe head out for the, the Commonwealth title, something with winning. But a disappointing ending for that fight. Scheduled for eight rounds. Maybe Don Hainsworth could have put the pressure on and got a win. Who knows? Moving across finally to Saturday, 5th of June, 2021. JD Chapman made a return, a heavyweight from the past, to move to 30 0, 26 KOs. His last fight was 2008 against Rich Boruff, KO2 there. He won this time on points over four rounds against. Tony Lopez, a heavyweight, with a record of one win, one loss. Chapman came in at 294 pounds. Massive. Stands at six foot five. I didn't see the fight. He's now 38. He needs to get him obviously a move on and get in shape if he wants to be amongst the big boys. Don't know if that's possible now at this stage. But it'd be interesting to see his progress if he can apply himself. So that's JD Chapman, undefeated and 30 0 now, 26 KOs. The top of the card in Telford, 
Daniel Dubois making a successful comeback and annexing the vacant WBA interim world heavyweight title. On that basis, I think nearly every WBA interim belt would be vacant, wouldn't it? Anyway, he beat Bogdan Dinu, KO2, after a feel-out first round, which seemed quite even. The second round was abrupt, and Dinu's Dino's KO by a right to the chin. Well-placed punch there by Dubois. And a good start with uh, his relationship with Shane McGuigan as a new trainer. That was the only fight that sorted on, on the card, other than the Tommy Fury fight. And Tommy Fury was in against Jordan Grant, 2-0, at light heavyweight. He won most of the rounds. I didn't really pay attention that much. But you could see he was a far stronger fighter, and he looks good like good work in progress. Obviously a different style to his cousin, Huey, and also a different style to his brother. Tyson. Moving across to Luxembourg now. I've, I haven't seen any of these fights, but I'm trying to bring to attention a couple of results from for British boxers fighting in Luxembourg. Joe Pigford moved to 17-0, beating Jovisa, Jovanovic, TKO 2 over six rounds. Jovanovic couldn't continue. Having said that, Jovanovic had, had uh, one win in 27 starts at that point. Uh, Lee Cutler at middleweight, KO 1, Bojan Velojkovic. Another dream, one win, 14 losses, one draw. And Jack Simpson two, moved to 3-0 versus Stefan Markovic, 0-8 with a KO one. Quite what they're doing in Luxembourg, I don't know, perhaps as a holiday. Mind you, it's a good way of beating the, the COVID rap. Isn't it? So top and bill in Magdeburg and Halt, Germany. Ajit Kabayel, 20-0, moved to 21-0 versus Kevin Johnson, the kingpin. This fight was for the WBA Continental Heavyweight title. Caballero scored some nice right hands throughout the fight. Put some good punches together. Played it safe, could say. Danced for 12 rounds. Got the win. This fight, I think Kevin Johnson did quite well. He put the effort in. He showboated a bit. Got the crowd's attention. It was a good fight. But he was never going to beat Caballero. I don't think Johnson, as good as he is defensively, has come out of his shell for years unless someone gets tired, like in his last fight. So obviously he's going to be going back to the drawing board now. Fight the prospects. Caballero looked for bigger things probably. I do see Caballero probably avoiding some of the big names before he gets a title shot. He's six for three, orthodox boxer, nice moves. But I'm trying to think who you can beat now in between now and a title shot. He's number one in Germany, obviously. Loschevi's fought Christian Hammer or Ugin Tepper. But they could be on the cards. The world level in box track, he's 18. I'd probably suggest maybe another fighter like a Charles Martin or someone of that ilk. Alexander Povetkin's still really number 6, but I think he should re- should retire now. Maybe a fight with Martin Bacoli would make sense. That's my two cents. So the undercard, so Roman Fresh, undefeated 12-0 at the Cruiserweight. Beating Kamel Kouach, Kouach was 11-0. For the vacant WBO Intercontinental Cruiserweight title. Press is a good boxer. I've seen him a few times now. He's a guy who stands up there. Pokes at the jab. Moves a lot. He's very fluid in what he does. Especially for the cruiserweight. And his opponent was coming to fight obviously with an undefeated record. Put it all on the line. But ultimately Fresh was too too quick. And too powerful. And he didn't get caught in much either. But Kowalch didn't do much wrong either, he, was, he boxed well, just couldn't catch his man. I wouldn't say Fress is a level above, but he certainly got, looks like a bit more amateur experience, but it looks fit. Nice high guard, 
What's incredible about Fresh is Kamel Kouch, he seemed to be boxing well, hands up, and yet Fresh was able to land an uppercut on the inside to the chin. Devastating, put him out as well. How he found that punch, I don't know. He's obviously got a great at picking shots, no fault to you. He's come forward in my estimations, I think he could be a world title contender. Especially with that sort of power. Very impressive. I would check. I would urge you to check that fight out. Amazing finish. Probably the best KO of the year so far. So I think he's stolen the performance of the weekend. There's such such a punch perfect performance. Also in Germany, a fight that we didn't watch. Fatih Alton Kaya, the promoter, the boxing promoter, actually fought the guy with an undefeated record at heavyweight. Got a KO four win. Didn't see it obviously. It's not televised, or maybe televised somewhere. This uh, guy now moves to 25 and 0. He's a serious contender for any any title. He's a boxing promoter who likes to pick his fights, but he may have picked a good fight in this one. And he is ranked number one in Turkey. More power to him. Ranked number 99 by BoxRec. And he's going somewhere. So that's it for Saturday. So lastly, the last card we're going to discuss is the Floyd Mayweather exhibition with Logan Paul. If you paid for that, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> um, obviously Sky Sports in the UK showed it pay-per-view but it was on the full card it was on the next day so that goes to show how little is sold because you don't normally see a full card like that a week after on Sky Sports TV itself and then probably a week after or, or more on the internet to show it straight after is crazy and probably a little bit insulting to the people who actually paid for it so anyway without further ado I just want to cover a couple of results Big show stealer was Luis Arias. One in points over Jared Hurd with a 10 round split decision. Hurd looked quite vulnerable in some parts. The wild swing in Arias was cut in the fight early on. and But he just kept putting the pressure on, kept throwing big right hands and making a good fight of it. Hurd was more content to counter punch and come forward sometimes. But in general, he what he threw was poor quality for punches. I don't know uh, why this is. He's always looked big now in his fights. But just can't seem to put the the punches together enough. He had good success in the middle rounds. But he was shipping right hands and left hooks a bit too frequently. And thereby lost by a split decision. I didn't really score the fight to be honest. I just watched it the other day on a, on a phone. It looked very close. But it's no surprise he lost you. And I got a theory about this. The theory is going in is this guy looks massive at the weight, 154. Then for years, maybe it looks like a cruiserweight. But I think in the past when boxers had to weigh in the day of the fight, obviously dragging to make the weight, they'd have a shorter career. So by weighing in 24 hours beforehand, you, you prolong your career, I think. Because if you look back in history to the likes of flyweight, for example, Sochit Ladar, he was walking on the 10 stone, making the 8 stone limit. But obviously, his career came to an end when he could no longer make the weight. And he, was, he got stopped and lost his flyweight title. He made the weight, but he's obviously very weak. This is the case here. I think Hood is so used to boiling down, he's taking a toll on his physique. So, as though he looks big in the ring, he's not carrying much else. Uh, Arias, towards the end of the fight, opened up with flurries, catching Hood with multiple shots. Stealing the rounds big. So I don't know why you scored it, guys, but it could be a bigger win for you in his book. But disappointing for Hood because he seems like a man now with nowhere to go. 
I'd like him to see him fight in a more natural way for himself. Because the last couple of rounds, as well, round nine in particular, you took a shell in. Uh, I didn't like seeing that. I think he has to go back to the drawing board, concentrate on his defence a bit more, and, and come back a stronger fighter. Maybe a, as a middleweight or a super middleweight, I don't know. But definitely not. Doesn't belong in 154 anymore. Battle of Jack had an impressive win against unbeaten Dervin Kalina, 15 0 going in. Lost to Jack, TKO 4. Clean was done three times, de- de- sorry, deducted two points of fouls. The last knockdown didn't look like nothing. It looked like a clipping body shot, which didn't really land. And yet the guy who looked like he was out, probably more from exhaustion, he missed a lot of right hands in that fight. So, And finally, the Floyd Mayweather fast against Logan Paul. I'll keep it brief. Obviously, no decision rendered at the end of that fight. An old David versus a young Goliath, as it were. The only highlight of the fight for me was the highlights, <laughs> uh, which included Logan Paul wearing Rocky Eskew shorts. Anyway, because I wasn't interested in that fight, it just looked at the highlights, and I don't see what the fuss is about and the hype. So just call me a bore or a boxing purist, but either way, not for me. But I will say, if you're not a greedy person, it's a good way to make money for charities. So that's my take on the weekend's action. Next up is the schedule for the weekend. Check this out. Rather a short schedule this week, by choice, and push for time. Friday, the 11th of June, 2021, in Vegas City Hall, Krasnogorsk, Russia. Lightweight Roman Andreev, 24-0, fighting Freddy Fronseca. 29 wins, 5 losses, 1 draw for the vacant WBA Gold World Lightweight title. That's just a gold belt. It's a fringe belt. So, his last fight, Andreev stopped his man in two rounds, but didn't tell the full story of the fight. It looked like he was going behind, got cut badly, and only two rounds had elapsed. But he scores the stoppage. He's had good learning fights all the way through his fights, beating uh, the very useful Craig Evans from the UK, and Patrick Malinga. So he's up against Freddy Fonseca. Fonseca was one of the first boxers to get out of the gates for the fights in um, 2020. So this fight seen as Fonseca's lost to John Jones Evan points and a few other good fighters, especially Joseph Diaz, TKO7. I go for the late rounds, TKO for Andreev. I think he'll get his act together and pull out the stoppage win. Decent on the card as well with a few other gold titles on the, on the line. His action from Fight Zone in the UK in the Sheffield Car Park again, Friday 11th. Top and bill at flyweight, like flyweight is Matt Windle fighting Neil McCubbin. Windle is 5 wins, 3 losses and draw. McCubbin 5-0 and oh for the vacant Commonwealth British Empire title. That's basically the British Com- sorry, the Commonwealth title. I think to win the champion of some like 17 countries. But anyway, this title was laid vacant, been vacant since 1987, so it's been a long time. 34 years vacant, crazy. So hopefully these fighters will bring some relevance to the title and defend it. So also I mean, there's the very useful undefeated Derek Ozazi fighting Tyler Denny, 12 wins, 2 losses and draw. Ozazi is 10-0. Looks like a good card there on Fight Zone. Moving across the USA, Friday 11th of June 2021. You can get this in the UK on pay-per-view. And I think in, in the US on pay-per-view on Fight TV. Mark Tony Brera versus Jesus Sotokaras in an exhibition fight. And assaulted on the card as well, undefeated fighters. 
Move forward on Saturday, the 12th of June, 2021. Of note, there's a fight in Ukraine. Top and bill is Oleg Malinovsky, who's 27-0, fighting Nathaniel Kakalolo, who's 11 wins, one loss and one draw for the WBO Intercontinental Featherweight title. I'm pointing this out because I haven't seen this guy before. I want to see what he's like, Malinowski, so I'll have to do my YouTube search later on. Hopefully he's a good uh, addition to the featherweight title. And there's no less than three heavyweights on the bill on the undercard, all undefeated. Starting with Vladislav Serenko, 16-0. He's fighting Neufeld Kratar, 18-3. I think he's been stopped all three times. Alexander Tashlenko, 16 wins, one loss. And you've got another undefeated heavyweight on the undercard, Aiho Shevardzutsky. Shevardzutsky is new to me as well. Also Saturday 12th of June, Sky TV. Top and Bill Lewis Ritson fighting Jeremiah Nicholas Ponce. Looks like a good card as well. 21-0. So 21 wins, one loss for Ritson. Ponce is 27-0. Cracking matchup there. Thomas Patrick Ward in the card. At Super Bantamweight, 29 wins, zero losses, one draw. Fighting Edie Valencia. Ricardo, 70 wins, 5 losses, 6 draws. Also the exciting Alan Babic on the undercard fighting Damien Chambers. And a decent undercard under that as well. Top in the bill in Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas, Nevada, USA on ESPN Plus and ESPN Canal Space. Super featherweight Shakur Stevenson fighting for the WBO Interim World Super featherweight title. I don't see how that's possible because Herring just defended against Carl Frampton. Ridiculous. So he's fighting in Germany, Nakata. Nakatilla. Nakatilla's 21 wins, one loss. Might be a good fight. I haven't seen Nakatilla, so I can't comment. Stevenson has looked good as of late. Very good boxer. And the card sees Jose Pedraza, super lightweight, 20 wins and 3 losses. Fighting Julian Rodriguez, 21-0. I can no gauge on Rodriguez, so I don't know if he's going to pull off a win here. I, I'd go with Pedraza. He's looked good in his last few fights. And I think he's around for a, a bit longer, so I'd pick him over Rodriguez, actually. Although Rodriguez has had some good wins of late also. So we'll see. Could, could be a pick and fight. Good on the card there as well. And that looks great for the weekend. I'm trying to find another fight of interest. Wednesday, 16th of June, 2021 in Australia. Midweek fights out there. Australia KO Sports main event. Top in the bill is Isaac Hardman fighting Emmanuel Carlos. Hardman, I'm long fought a few weeks back. So he's a busy fighter at the moment. This online is the International Boxing Federation Australasian Middleweight title, the WBO Oriental Middleweight title, and the Australian Middleweight title. So, as I said, last month, Hardman fought on the 26th of the month. So you haven't had much of a break. But the one the other, the co-main event is Justice Huni 4-0, fighting Paul Gallen, 11-0-1. Gallen just came off his win against Lucas Brown, with a sensational first-round stoppage. So he's obviously looking to get this Australian belt here. Against Justice Hooney. Hooney is the prospect, by the way, a lot younger, so I'm going to pick Hooney probably on a point win. I think Garland's quite a good fighter, but I don't think he's going to beat Hooney. He might even struggle to go the distance, so it could be a stoppage win there as well. But who knows? Decent on the uh, card with all undefeated fighters fighting some good opposition there. Especially at Super Welterweight, Andre Mikhailovich is fighting Alex Hanan. Mikhailovich is 15-0 and Hanan is 13-0, so it's going to be competitive. Also at the bottom of the card is the comeback, well, the guy who haven't fought for a while probably is Victor Oganov, fighting Jason Waitley at Cruiserweight. So all in all, a good weekend, and this midweek fight look forward to as well, with a watch. If you enjoy boxing, stay tuned. All the best, guys. Bye for now.